This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. So welcome, Amanda. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me and happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So one of the things I want to go back just a little bit for those of us who didn't ever use a wedding planner or the knot. So so what exactly are the services that the knot does? I mean, how does that work? How do you work with people, whether it's virtual or in real life? Yeah, so the knot is an all-in-one wedding planning app. And so we help you from all things from planning to finding all of your vendors in our marketplace to setting up your wedding website, finding invitations, um, and registering, finding, getting all your registry items in one place. And so it's kind of the one-stop place to make sure that you plan a seamless wedding. So can you talk a little bit about how you support the, the, the brides and grooms who are dealing with kind of what Barbara is saying, this emotional aspect of this incredibly, hopefully only once in a lifetime happening that's going to be taking, you know, taking place in their lives. Yeah, you're so right. So empathy and support was like our high level North star of everything we were doing right in the, like in the beginning, it was like, how do we support everyone? And we heard the same thing. So we started to, to create content around how do you take back the date? Like your original wedding date, here are 10 ways to celebrate it. And here are ways to incorporate your vendors. Your vendors are like at home as well. Maybe like your photographer could drive by, take some photos of you or your cake um, baker could bring a little piece of your cake of oh, what it's so nice yeah, that's we, awesome we felt the same way it was like there's got to be ways that people can celebrate because they've been literally thinking about this number this date in their head and planning towards it so that was a huge thing for us like how do we celebrate and help people feel like they can still yeah. own that date that's a spin-off advantage of more business for your vendors because you do have two sets of audiences here that the get you know the wedding People exactly. 100%. We wanted to make sure that the vendors felt like there were there are ways that they can help too. That's a terrific idea. Like the as if wedding date and then the actual wedding date and you get to forget exactly. when you get to be my age. That would be great. I, I, I love the point that you're making though because Barbara talks about it all the time, Amanda. Uh, in the retail apocalypse, which is what Barbara's famous for predicting many years ago, uh, she said, listen, if you're not creating additional experiences uh, in terms of what you're providing as the value proposition, you know, all kinds of things might happen where you might find your, yourself in trouble. So I think this is kind of a, a, a very overt demonstration of this, but also it's kind of like an opportunity to your point, Amanda, where there's some opportunity to create some additional things and experiences and other aspects of all of this that can really help both the vendors, but also the consumers, right? Absolutely. And I think another thing that we talk about is just how do we support them if they choose to have, you know, I know people that have postponed once and now they're coming up on the fall and we didn't know, like in March, we had no clue what September was going to look like. And now we're starting to feel like what it could look like. And so how do we, again, be there to support them in whatever decision they make then? And it may be another postponement or it may choose to be, you know, I'm going to have 25 people, I'm going to have 50 people, and this is what it's going to look like. And how do we normalize things that didn't feel like they would ever be a part of a wedding six months ago, like wearing masks, hand sanitizer, <laughs> oh, um, having many parts of the dance floor so people are away from each other, and standing during your ceremony so everybody can have more space. All these things, I equate it to like, 
we never had to take off our shoes before we flew before 9-11 and all these things that I don't think twice about now when I go to the airport I'm like oh yeah I got to do that now we have to normalize that that's kind of the new normal and how do we show that on our social media pages so people are like I'm not the only one doing this this is the new thing in your world Amanda what has been some of the trends that you were seeing uh prior to COVID but also in terms of what you're seeing during COVID and what you forecast after COVID that were kind of trends. I know. Great minds think alike. Thank you, Barbara. I stole your question, but I probably (laughs) ripped it off right out of your brain, Barbara. Rest it better. Yeah. (laughs) So I I can answer it in in maybe two parts. The first is just the sentiments Um, to to go off your, your point about identity. um, Things that we were really seeing is the wedding day is, this moment to make a statement about who you are and what's important to you and your life together. And it's the the blending of two identities. And so how do people put personalized spins on it and all of these things that you can bring to life, whether it's like how you name your table names all the way through to different parts of your ceremony and how are you bringing two heritages together. Um, so that remains like that is still a thing I think now more than ever um, amidst COVID and uh, like relationship health is definitely, I know you guys are going to talk about that more later, but uh, we spent a lot of time making sure that everybody had enough support for their relationships and giving them questions and tools uh, to, to make sure that their relationships are sound because we're not just planning for a wedding, we're planning for a marriage, right? Like we want people to have the tools to survive. And so that was another key component of it. And then I, I think like identity in and of itself and how you're expressing yourself and how you see yourself in brands has become at the forefront of everything right now. And that was really important to us to just be like, we need to make sure that everyone feels whether you're a parent and you're having your kids before you get married to you know every race obviously black lives matter is, has been huge and, and vital for us to talk about but like every brand should have been doing that before black lives matter you know and and we were and so that was just like all these things about identity and now we're in the middle of pride and intersectionality and making sure that we're talking about these things and as a brand you have a platform now to help educate and also create like remove stigmas around anything because you have a huge following and so i think identity is a really really important piece of this that does come into weddings and things that we may have not talked about 10 years ago because we're like, oh, we're just talking about planning weddings. Now we're talking about it. That's pretty cool. So I was wondering how much you do over customer acquisition, which would be just getting a whole bunch of weddings to do versus like staying with the couple now that you have all this history, maybe till their fifth anniversary or Mm -hmm. their first child or something like that for new revenue um, possibilities or whatever. So two questions, data analytics Mm -hmm. and lifetime value. I mean, Data is key for any marketer these days, right? Like how do you, uh, I always say the best push notification is the one that only went to one person because it was tailored to their need. So right user, right message, right time. How can you do that? You need to know what's relevant to that person. So um, that is definitely at the forefront of how we think about, um, because it it's like, 
only you have to be in the right mindset when you're planning a wedding you have to be ready because it's emotional decisions it, they can feel stressful because they're huge costs to you you know these are like multi-thousand dollar decisions you're making so making sure that we are not overwhelming you and adding to that stress is of the utmost importance we want to meet you where you are so for marketing perspective data is important so that way we can aid in the process but not overwhelm so that's number one and then your second question remind me it was about Election value so what do you <clears throat> yes so we do we do not think about uh following you to when because that again does not align with our brand mission of allowing you to live life on your own terms that's making a lot of assumptions that's assu assuming you want to have kids that's assuming you know that is a part of your your decision set and so we we do have a family of brands but we will reacquire you when you have hit that new criteria. We do not pass the data from brand to brand because we just don't, it's not in line with our values and mission. Oh, that's very interesting. So that means you must rely in terms of marketing because this is marketing matters a lot on word of mouth or do you do a lot of advertising, social media? How do you, because you got to get new customers every year then if you're not using the lifetime value. kind. Yeah, of we have the leakiest bucket because once you get married, we, exactly. we don't see you again. Um, you guys against leaky buckets, but go ahead. You see, <laughs> we acquire a whole set of users every single year over like 1.4 million users, like getting married it's like a 1.8 million um weddings every year um but 1.4 ish of of actual weddings and so um yeah we have to reacquire that every year the way we think about it is we have a 22 year old brand now a 23 year old brand that has high recall now it's focused on relevance like y you can recall a brand but is it the brand that you feel is right for you to the younger millennial or the older Gen Zers. And so for us, it's making sure that our we take our brand recall and our brand power and our expertise and that trust and make sure that we add on the relevance piece. And so that is a lot of social PR content, how like what kind of stories and whose voices are we using to amplify into our, our, our different channels. And then, yeah, if we didn't get you on the first, like when you first got engaged, which is our always our goal, then yeah, when you're thinking about registry, how do we supplement and make sure that we're serving up the not registry right there when you're ready to do that? Um, but for us, it's really like a brand first play. Well, that's great, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and your work? Um, I mean, please follow The Knot on Instagram for all things The Knot. And you can find me on Twitter. I am very active on Twitter talking about marketing stuff. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.